0: Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and the Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'd invite you to open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 through 20, uh, and then keep them open through the course of the sermon. You know, whenever you're reading through an epistle like this, there isn't a story that's easy to remember, so I think it's important that we use as many senses as we can to, to think about and understand what the Apostle Paul is writing here. So Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Follow God's example, therefore, But rather, thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it said, Wake up, sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Now, I brought along something very precious to me from home. It's not mine, actually. It belongs to my wife. And this platter first belonged to her mom. It matches our plates. It is the only one we have. It is precious to me. I don't want it broken. So to whom shall I entrust this platter while I'm preaching the sermon? Remy, would you want to come on up? Now, Remy is a good friend. I get to see her regularly when she comes to school. And, and she is a dear sister in Christ. So I love Remy as my sister in Christ, and, and I think you love me as your brother in Christ too, Right? Yeah? So, so, so there's love, right? So as long as there's love, uh, I can certainly entrust this precious, precious platter into Remy's hands so that she can hold it during the, the whole time that I'm preaching. Nothing bad will happen, right? Uh, I see some people nodding. I see some people cringing. Because it's not that, that uh, I doubt your love for me, Remy? But um, in about 20 minutes, this will start to get heavy, right? I'm not sure if you're, you're are you strong enough. and you know, um, you know, it's easy to kind of lose focus and, and, and maybe stop thinking about it, right? Hmm. You see, if I'm going to entrust something really precious to somebody, uh, it's wonderful that, that we love each other, but I want something more, uh, Nick. Why don't you come on up here now, Remy's dad? You see, uh, I, I took a look at Remy's dad, and I went, "Hmm, Remy's dad. He looks strong, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I think he is. So, 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 uh, I can trust his strength to hold this precious platter, right? And and, and I think that." That, that Nick loves me as a brother in Christ, and I love him, so, so I, I have that confidence. And, and he has grown up enough to, to understand how precious this platter is and how horrible it would be if it were broken, and, and, and that you will keep your focus on this platter the whole service so that it doesn't fall and get broken. I can trust you with this platter. Yes. All right. I will explain this in just a second. But you can take the platter back with you. But be very careful with it because I am entrusting it to you. Yeah, okay, you guys can go back. So, there's a lesson here, right? Love is really important, right? But in the Old Testament, when God talks about his character... There's two Hebrew words when you study Hebrew at the seminary, it just gets drilled into you. Chesed ve'emet. Love and faithfulness. In other words, love, but also being trustworthy. Right? If somebody is going to hold something precious to me, it's important that they love me But I I have to be able to trust that person as well. And as precious as that platter is to me, that is not the most precious thing in my life. You know, some of the most precious things that we have are really not things or people. Uh, They're concepts in our minds like, like our dreams or our fears or our failures. It's really hard to entrust a failure into somebody else's hands. It requires a lot of trust. A couple of weeks ago, a bunch of us on staff were attending the Global Leadership Summit, and Craig Rochelle was the, the lead speaker, and he talked about trust, and he, he just mentioned that how how in our society, we're starting to lose that sense of trust. You know, we don't trust uh, people in government. We don't, we don't trust uh, people in leadership roles. Uh, in, in, you don't trust your boss. The trust is starting to diminish. And, and the problem with that is when we don't trust people, then we have to carry the load alone. And some of the burdens are are easy to carry, but let me tell you, your failures and your fears, those are burdens that sometimes are just more than you can carry on your own. That's why God created families. Families. And it's important that in our families, whether they be biological families or functional families, that that we have love for each other. God calls us to love each other. But if we're going to be pastors of our family churches, if we're going to be spiritual shepherds that bless the people around us, they need to trust us. You know, and And love is is something that's freely given, right? But trust, it's earned. So how do we build that trust so that we can be the the best spiritual shepherds, the, the pastors of the people that we have an influence over, whether it be in our family or our circle of friends, our functional family? How can we build that sense of trust? Craig Rochelle mentioned there are three qualities that builds trust: transparency, empathy, and consistency. And as I read over this section in Ephesians, where the Apostle Paul is preparing God's people to take on different roles. That'll be next week. In the next section, we'll see the different roles in our families and our functional families moms and dads husbands and wives employers and employees but but how do we prepare ourselves for that calling what the apostle paul did is he helped us realize that the best preparation is to look inward and to ask ourselves and then i saw the same three things that craig russell talked about is there transparency is there empathy and is there consistency so, that the people in my family church can trust me. So, I'd encourage you to open your Bibles again to Ephesians chapter 5, and let's look at verses 1 through 3, where the Apostle Paul begins this idea of preparing them for ministry, preparing us for ministry by being transparent about our identity. He wrote, Did you hear Paul's identity, your identity? You are God's dearly loved children. You are God's holy people. The Greek is actually the word saint, perfect in God's sight. Paul is being transparent and saying, We have this status, this identity, not because we have been the perfect pastors in our family churches. You and I have this identity because Jesus gave himself up as that fragrant offering and sacrifice to God on the cross. This is what is absolutely certain. Your identity as a dear child of God, fully and completely forgiven, perfect in your heavenly father's sight. Let us be transparent with the people around us that that we're not trying to bluff our way through life and, and say, look at how great we are, but we are precious. And the people that we want to have a good influence on are precious because they have been redeemed by the blood of God and that through Christ they are perfectly forgiven saints. This is the The image that we want to give to the people that are around us. To be transparent about our status, our identity. God's child. Forgiven for Jesus' sake. And when we have that established, then we can be transparent also about God's will. You see, if we have a a responsibility to be pastors of our family churches as moms or dads in your biological family or or just pastors of your functional families as, as you're caring for the people who are in your area of influence, you and I have not only the responsibility to remind them of who they are in Christ, but we also have the responsibility to be transparent about God's will. And that's hard. It's easier to just ignore it or to gossip about it and complain about it to somebody else. But that's not what the Apostle Paul said. It's not what he did. Look at chapter 5, verse 4. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, Has any inheritance in the kingdom of God? Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. As you read between the lines, it's apparent that the Apostle Paul is writing to Christians who were living in a society where sexual immorality had become the norm. You don't have to be married to have have sexual relationships. He was living in a society where greed and materialism, never being satisfied with what you have, was the norm. He was living in a society, the Ephesians were living in a society, where where, where coarse talk and obscenities was just a fact of life at the workplace. Sounds a lot like ours, right? Our society. And if we're going to be spiritual shepherds, it's hard, but God is also calling us to be transparent about God's will. Because people are being deceived today. and They're thinking, well, it really doesn't make any difference. God will turn a blind eye. And that's just, just not the truth. So, Lord, give us that, that ability to be transparent about your will, to, to, to let people know what is, what is godly and what is not. But how do how do we do that with, without looking down and, and, and being you know, superior? You know, that, that, that people feel this is our purpose is just to stand in judgment over you. I appreciate the Apostle Paul's words in chapter 5, verse 13. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated. Becomes a light. So everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Think about the moon. The moon has no light of its own, right? And yet, when the when the sun shines on it, when the sun illuminates it, the moon becomes a light. Uh, How can we be transparent about God's law without being judgmental on others? we can let them see the light of God's word also shine into some of our areas of darkness, right? No, I'm not saying that that we share all of our our horrible uh, sins of the past with our kids, but that we're honest with them and just acknowledge there are dark parts of our lives too. Parts of our lives that we don't like. And, and by God's grace, God's light has shone into that darkness. I've claimed again my status as God's dear child because I'm forgiven for Jesus' sake. And when the, the, the light shines into that dark part of our lives, guess what? That dark part of our, part of our lives is illuminated and becomes a light It helps the people in our area of influence to be drawn to us and to the Savior. Craig Groeschel said it so well. He said, you know, people are not attracted to you by your strengths. People are attracted to you and connected to you by your weaknesses when they see the dark parts of your lives that are illuminated in the gospel of Christ, when they see you're just like me. You see, and that leads into empathy. We can be transparent about God's will because we can be empathetic. We are going through the same thing. Empathy means that I understand that I'm suffering just like you're suffering. That's what the Apostle Paul did. He he didn't stand in judgment over the Ephesians. He just said, the days are evil, aren't they? It is hard to live the Christian life. I get it. And as you're struggling, I'm not going to be shocked because I get it, I understand because I have some darkness that is in my heart and in my life too, and I need the light of Christ to shine there. So transparency Who are you? A redeemed child of God. Here's God's will. Transparency about your identity and God's will. And then empathy. Uh, I understand. I'm going through some of the same struggles with my sinful nature. And then consistency. Whew. You know, by nature, we're not very consistent. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul talks about the fact that that we as Christians are inconsistent. He talks in Ephesians chapter 4 that we have a new self that God has created within us that wants to do God's will. But that's not where we always live. We still have this old self within us that that wars against this new self. And and, and our Christian life is kind of like this. Inconsistency is just a part of it. Sometimes the new self is strong, and sometimes the sinful nature is strong. How can we be consistent? We need a miracle a miracle that will give us the strength to be the spiritual pastors God has called us to be, and a miracle that can make us consistent. In our joy in Christ, in our thanksgiving in every situation, in our willingness to be a servant to all. If you and I take our roles as spiritual leaders in our families, in our functional families, you know, that people are looking at us and 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 seeking spiritual leadership. If we take that seriously, it is an incredibly heavy burden. I, I'm amazed at you know in Second Corinthians chapter eleven, where the Apostle Paul just lists all these things that he suffered for the sake of Christ. You know, he was. He's no what it's to be to be like to be hungry and thirsty. He's he's been beaten and left for dead. He's he's received the thirty nine lashes. You know he he's, he's been shipwrecked and spent a day and a night in the open sea and all of this stuff. And then at the end of the list, he says, and on top of all this, I, I face the pressure. For the churches, who does not burn and I don't burn. You know, in other words when somebody that's under my spiritual care is in trouble, it is a heavy burden for me. And Satan wants to use that burden to crush us and destroy us. Paul says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Satan wants to use the the pain that we feel as we see our our failures as as something that he can use to destroy us. And and we want some some rescue from that pain. And and so often we fall into things like alcohol or drugs or some addictive behavior. And some of you are right there right now. You're really struggling with stuff. You're trying to deal with the pain. And brothers and sisters, we are family here. We are here for you. Don't try to carry that burden by yourself. It is too heavy. Look for that person that you trust, that Christian, a pastor, one of our counselors in the Christian family, uh, the, the, uh, our Christian counseling and care center, a, a Christian friend that has shown that they are strong in their faith, that they are empathetic, that they're consistent in their love for you. Find somebody who will help carry that platter. Don't carry that burden alone. And rather than seeking solace and relief from the pain in the lies that Satan sends, Paul said, rather than be filled with alcohol and addictive behaviors, he said, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Use God's Word together to let that Holy Spirit work in you so that you're singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, that there's this joy in the Lord, and that you're always giving thanks to God the Father for everything and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, saying, Lord, I am here to serve others. That consistency... It is a miracle. It's a miracle that I'm praying for. Many of you have heard me say, you know, how's it going, Pastor? And I say, superb. Honestly, the only reason why it's superb is Jesus has risen from the dead. God give me that su- consistency that I I live in that certainty. And it really is superb because Jesus is risen. So Lord, work this miracle in each of us. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. And you go, I don't know if the Holy Spirit's in me. I don't feel it i don't see it i don't see the transparency that you were talking about i don't see the empathy that you were talking about i don't see the consistency that you were talking about what is it that you go that's my weakness where why people can't trust me i'm not that trustworthy leader that god's calling me to be what is it satan wants you to think then you are fighting this battle all alone But the Apostle Paul said, be filled with the Spirit. How do I know that I'm filled with the Spirit? How do I know that you're filled with the Spirit? Not because I can see it, not because you can feel it, but because God has promised. I'm standing here by the baptismal font because in the baptism, you are given a promise that is good for the rest of your life. At the end of the Pentecost sermon, the Apostle Peter said, repent, be sorry, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins And then he says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Go back to your baptisms and every day claim, this is a fact because God has made this promise. The Spirit is living in me. That powerful Holy Spirit that changed the apostles that day on Pentecost, that Holy Spirit is living in you. And that Holy Spirit can change each one of us so that we are the pastors, the spiritual shepherds that are family churches, that are functional churches, that this church needs. Lord, send us your Holy Spirit. Fill us and make us transparent, empathetic and consistent in our faith and in our love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ Sermon Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at Saint